0: This is the fill in the blank Democrat convention and nominating process for their candidate for President of the United States. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked, and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals.
1: So let me be as honest and clear as I possibly can. Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country.
0: Stop, tape. The lovely and talented Michelle Obama. It's been nice. It's truly been enjoyable these past four years of not having to hear from this sanctimonious fool. Michelle Obama, the former first lady of the United States. And now we get to hear from her again as she tries to help push sloppy Joe Biden over the finish line. That's effectively what's going on here. Um, You're seeing these so-called heavyweights in the Democrat Party come out all week in an effort to try and fill in the blank. And the blank is Joe Biden. The blank is Joe Biden and his brain, which is not hitting on all cylinders. If Joe Biden were a V8 engine, it's probably hitting on about... Five, maybe six cylinders. From time to time, maybe fluctuates into seven when he's having a good day and then back down to possibly four. He needs an overhaul. And Michelle Obama knows it. And so all they can do is attack the president of the United States. That would be Donald Trump uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, obviously, uh, they think that he's low-hanging fruit when in reality his record speaks for itself. I'll touch on that in a moment. But the other reason is because of Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the swamp. Joe Biden represents what is wrong with Washington, D.C., a guy who has been in the Capitol for four or five decades. What has he done? What has he done to advance liberty? What has Joe Biden done to advance freedom? What has Biden done to advance personal property rights and any tenant, any foundational element of the United States Constitution, what has Joe Biden done during his tenure as United States Senator and then eight years as Barack Obama's yes man? That's effectively what he was. Let's face it, Joe Biden didn't do anything as Vice President of the United States and it is mostly a ceremonial position. I mean, you would see these photo ops with, with Obama in the foreground and Biden in the background. and Biden's looking very, very concerned and nodding his head and saying, Yep, you're right. You're right, Barack. And then, of course, the, when Obamacare was passed, don't forget what he whispered. I can't repeat it um, on a family program like this one, the Ledger Report. But he said to Barack Obama... Uh, within earshot of the microphones that were open. This is a big, blank deal. That's all he was. He's um, not even Johnny Carson's Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon had more of a role on Johnny Carson's program. Joe Biden was simply wallpaper in the Oval Office for Barack Obama. And he faithfully executed whatever Obama wanted him to do. And that's probably why the Obamas are holding their nose and kind of tacitly backdoor endorsing Joe Biden for president of the United States. And so the nation had to endure this woman again. Um, I can't remember how many times during the eight years of the Obama administration I would hear this woman, Michelle Obama, come out and, and just be disgusted and how she hates this country, and if she hates this country, if she hates the United States of America, that means that she hates you, and she hates me, and she hates everybody in it. She wants to fundamentally destroy, as her husband put it, fundamentally transform, but she wants to fundamentally destroy this country as we know it, and so it's been a wonderful respite ...for a few years of not having to hear from this woman... ...but now she's on the national stage... ...and we have the media fawning all over her... ...what a, what a wonderful speech she gave... She, ...an inspirational speech... ...she filleted the President of the United States... ...she laid it out there... ...a why to vote for Joe Biden... ...the only thing she effectively said was... ...don't vote for Donald Trump... ...vote for Joe Biden instead... ...she didn't give a compelling reason why... ...to vote for Joe Biden... She simply presented Joe Biden as an alternative to to Donald Trump. And that's effectively what this entire Democrat convention slash telethon is all about. It's about filling in the blank. Joe Biden is political silly putty. And so on night one of the Democrat National Convention, he was pulled in this direction by Michelle Obama and by Bernie Sanders, and oh boy, by John Kasich, among others, and we'll get to him in a minute. So Michelle comes out and tries to give a compelling reason why to vote for Joe Biden. Instead, she just tears apart Donald Trump. Roll tape.
1: He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head.
0: Let's look at the Trump record just very quickly. In over his head. See, these are all nice platitudes, right? But if, if you were a reporter and you were trying to pin her down, um, I would ask the former first lady, when you say, Michelle Obama, that Donald Trump is in over his head, exactly what are you referring to? Are you referring to securing the southern border, unlike your husband, who left it wide open and actually encouraged illegal immigrants to violate our sovereignty? Are you talking about keeping the campaign promise of building the wall, which now dozens, if not hundreds of miles of fencing has either been put up replacing old fencing or in new areas? Are you talking about that? Are you talking about securing the border? Are you talking about lowering the tax burden on Americans? Because that's what Donald Trump has done. And, of course, we know your husband raised taxes, and one of the biggest ways he raised taxes was Obamacare. Are you talking about that? Are you talking about Donald Trump lowering taxes and lowering the burden on the American people? Are you talking about the unemployment rate? Uh, Sure, she would say that the unemployment rate under Barack Obama began to go down, and Donald Trump inherited it. Yeah, but the problem is, during the full eight years of the Obama administration, the unemployment rate remained rather stubbornly high. Only toward the end did it start to go down. And Donald Trump then capitalized on that and helped lower the unemployment rate for blacks in America and Hispanics in America to its lowest rate in recorded history. You talking about that, Michelle Obama? Are you talking about trying to increase The unemployment rate among blacks? Well, you folks have done it. You've increased the unemployment rate for all America. Isn't that nice? Equal opportunity raising the unemployment rate by the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus. So are you talking about the unemployment picture? Because before the pandemic, the economic picture in this country looked pretty good. We had a, a pretty robust gross domestic product Number coming in, we had the lowest unemployment rate on record. There were more jobs than applicants, and now, of course, the Wuhan coronavirus and the blue state and blue city government response and bamo, we now have this astronomical uh, unemployment rate. Unfortunately, so are you talking about? Are you talking about Michelle, the Trump administration? actually funding fully the United States military and the military now having respect again for its commander-in-chief. Are you talking about that? We we saw those videos. Remember when Barack Obama would speak before the troops and they would play music? They would play uh, it, uh, it, um, various forms of music um, um, that would cover for the lack of applause. Right? So Barack Obama would come out and the military hated Obama overall. Yeah, of course, some supported him. But overall, the military hated Barack Obama because he was a phony, because he was a fake. They could smell all that and because he was defunding the United States military. So when he would come out and he would speak to the troops, at first there was a thud, you know, in the early years in 2009. And then They figured out, well, we better cover this with music because no one's clapping and no one's cheering. They don't like the guy. So the very few appearances he had before the troops, they would always stage it nicely. And the Obama administration was maybe best at staging and and covering for Barack Obama and making sure that they never put him in a situation that would show him in a bad light. I think the Trump administration has been okay in that department, but could be a heck of a lot better. The Obama administration, for example, took advantage of the weekly presidential address. Obama never missed the presidential address. Every week he was out there. At first, they were these long suckers. You know, They would go five, six, seven minutes back when he had purple lips. Remember that? And then the lips changed and the weekly presidential address dropped to where it should be, which is probably about two or or three minutes. The Trump administration, for some reason, I don't understand why, has decided to kill the weekly presidential address. And this has been my harangue now for a couple years. It's very important that the president of the United States conducts the weekly presidential address because it's a free shot. What happens is these local television and local radio stations will clear That's a broadcast term. That means to air these um, presidential addresses and the Republican response during the Obama administration. Now, all they're airing because the White House, the Trump White House, is not producing a weekly television address. All they're airing is the Democrat response. So if you go to C-SPAN and you look for the Democrat response, they usually come out on, I think, Sunday, Uh, or Saturday, on the weekend sometime, preceding whoever's talking, Nancy Pelosi or whoever, they'll say every time the White House did not release a weekly presidential address. This is a mistake. This is a huge mistake in an election year especially. You know, you can make an argument maybe early on in the administration, but then as you gear up to the election, for crying out loud, it's a free, it's a teleprompter Get your message out moment. And this is one of the reasons why I said to the White House, you need to be holding fireside chats now through the election. Talk about Corona every night. This is the COVID-19 election. And we know that these sycophants of Joe Biden and the Democrat convention are making it all about the presidential response to the Wuhan coronavirus. Back to Michelle. Roll tape.
1: He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be.
0: Stop tape. In other words, Donald Trump is not one of them. Donald Trump, I believe... It's hard to compare. It's an apples and oranges kind of thing here. But Donald Trump, I believe, has governed possibly more conservative than the man himself, and that would be Ronald Reagan. He's certainly... His results as president of the united states have been more significant i believe than in some ways than than ronald reagan of course ronald reagan one of his signature accomplishments was lowering the tax rate donald trump did that but let's face it ronald reagan did not do all that much about border security and and look what the president has done ronald reagan did help rebuild the military certainly after being decimated by uh, jimmy carter Uh, And company. And um, the respect. I believe that both presidents, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, have reinstilled international respect for the United States of America. We know what Barack Obama did. He made America second, sometimes third, to everybody else. And we also know what Barack Obama did, by the way, vis a vis China and allowed in the South China Sea the Chinese to effectively take over that crucial passageway for international trade, among other things. And Joe Biden's, uh, sloppy Joe Biden, did the same thing, and you're going to have more of it, of course, if Joe Biden is elected president. Donald Trump has risen to the occasion of the Wuhan coronavirus. It's the mainstream media, Democrat cabal, that's accusing him of not. What more could a president of the United States do in a federalist system than what Donald Trump has done? He made these items available PPE, masks, ventilators, etc. The hospital ships, he made them available to the various governors, and the governors are in charge of the hospitals and the local response. You can't issue a national mask mandate like Joe Biden says he's going to do without trampling on the United States Constitution. It's simply not possible. In fact, I don't know where even in statute you derive the quote authority to issue a national mask mandate. Doesn't exist. Ah, but that doesn't matter to the radical Democrats who believe that Donald Trump is evil. Right, Michelle? Roll tape.
1: It is what it is. Now, I understand that my message won't be heard by some people. We live in a nation that is deeply divided, and I am a black woman speaking at the Democratic Convention.
0: Stop tape. So there we go with the Obamas being racialist and racist at the same time. Who cares the color of your skin, Michelle? I care about the content of your character, and I know your character. You are just like your husband, and your husband is born of the modern version of the Marxist socialist philosophy, and that's what he imposed incrementally on the American people during his eight years in office. And of course, you supported him every step of the way because you subscribe to to Saul Alinsky, and you subscribe to Joseph Stalin and Karl Marx, Your birds of feather. This is your fundamental transformation of the United States. You're not talking about fundamentally transforming this nation back to a more constitutional America. No. Exactly the opposite. You're talking about a fundamental transformation straight toward socialism. And that's why they hate Donald Trump because Donald Trump effectively to them is anti-socialist kryptonite. He stands for the United States Constitution. They're at polar opposites. And so this is the fundamental choice. Some of this is coming out in this silly putty production as they kind of stretch Joe Biden into these uh, different shapes and they they fill in the blanks and make him X, Y, and Z. And don't you know, of course, Michelle loves Joe Biden because he was wallpaper in the Oval Office. He didn't interfere. He just said, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Barack's the best. Barack's the best president ever, and I'm going to be his running mate. Yay. So, of course, Michelle is holding her nose Doesn't want to really support a white guy. She's a racialist. racialist. You just heard her. What does being a black woman have to do with advancing the fundamental principles of this republic and the Declaration of Independence? What does the color of your skin or your gender, whether you wear a skirt or a suit, have to do with choosing the next president of the United States? Ah, But to Michelle and Barack Obama, it means everything because it is their wedge that they can drive between the American people. And of course, they can paint, they can attempt to paint Donald Trump as a racist. And they're doing so because they are definitely afraid that in the November election, Donald Trump is going to peel off more black voters because they can think. Because they're independent. They don't vote in a block. And they saw six months ago that the unemployment rate among Americans who have African-American descent, if you will, uh, uh, African descent, I don't even know how to... I, I have trouble characterizing people like this because I like to view people as Americans. Not whether they're black, like Michelle Obama likes to highlight Not whether they're Hispanic, not whether they're tall or short or a woman or a man or gay or not Americans. But they are deathly afraid that black Americans are going to vote in large numbers and in key states like Michigan, potentially, uh, like in Florida, potentially for Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden. So that's why they have to play. This silly race card when it's based on absolutely nothing. Who cares whether you're black, Michelle? I don't. And by the way, your husband's half white, just to point out the obvious. Now, again, she's out there bashing Trump and trying to figure out a way to convince voters affirmatively to vote for Joe Biden. It ain't easy for her, though. Roll tape.
1: I know Joe. He is a profoundly decent man, guided by faith. He was a terrific vice president.
0: Stop tape. Terrific vice president? (laughs) What exactly did Joe Biden do? Except swear an open microphone during the uh, signing ceremony of Obamacare, and then preside? Did you remember, I want you to remember something about Obamacare. It is now the singular greatest department HHS is because of Obamacare it is now the singular greatest function of government costing Americans the most amount of money in the budget every fiscal year it's more than a trillion dollars HHS budget is the largest it's greater than the military now and that's thanks to Michelle and Barack Obama and oh yeah I know Joe roll tape
1: He knows what it takes to rescue an economy, beat back a pandemic, and... Stop tape,
0: stop tape. This is mind-boggling stuff here because we know the facts about the economy. We know the shovel-ready jobs and the government response led by Barack Obama and Joe Biden, and Joe Biden probably did twist a lot of arms in the United States Senate during that period in 2009 and 2010, and probably during the Obamacare debate as well. And we know that the economy suffered because of what Barack Obama did, effectively raising taxes and and just simply trying to redistribute wealth and also pay off his union buddies for supporting him during the election cycle. That's all the so-called government response was during the Obama years. And as far as the response to H1N1, it was a disaster. Not as many Americans died, but the Obama administration did virtually nothing In its response, and it could have done something. And oh, by the way, one of the most underreported items now during the Wuhan coronavirus is how the Obama administration depleted the stockpiles of PPE. And so, yeah, obviously, it's not one of those things you want to check all the time. It's kind of like you know, in your pantry, Um, do you have extra sugar? You know, you're, you're making iced tea and. You you ran out of sugar in your bowl and you open up the pantry and, oh, I don't have any more sugar. It's kind of the same thing with PPE, right? It's not something you check every day. Not every day you have a pandemic. And so when we needed the PPE, a.k.a. these N95 masks, suddenly they weren't there because the stockpile was gone and the ventilators. I believe there's also supposed to be a a federal stockpile of ventilators and, you know, a bunch of other oil is stockpiled just in case, right? The rainy day fund, if you will. The Obama administration depleted these. And so when the pandemic hit, so called, the Trump White House went to go access the stockpiles, which were gone. So Team Trump had to kind of start from square one in this response to the Wuhan um, coronavirus. And they all know this. The mainstream media knows this, it's just simply ignored. Because they want to blame Donald Trump for a lousy response as if he could do anything more to the Wuhan coronavirus. And so now we have these glowing reports from the mainstream media about how wonderful Michelle Obama was on the opening night of the Democrat National Convention, uh, such as it is, more like a telethon. I mean, it was really kind of gross. To me, it was overdone overproduced and this overload of attacking Donald Trump so the media doesn't see it that way of course They they gush all over it they say Michelle Obama is the uh, return to her proper position as, as Queen as America and Bernie Sanders I'm not gonna bore you to death with the old Bernie Sanders lines because that's effectively what he delivered but they're calling Bernie Sanders this is out of USA Today the MVP of the Democrat National Convention, the MVP. Because what they're not connecting here is that the Biden agenda is now the Bernie Sanders agenda. This was a conversation they had right when COVID hit. We'll never know about it. Well, maybe we will. Who knows? Maybe somebody will write a book about it. Maybe somebody who was in on the phone call. But it was, you know, it was Bernie Sanders. Bernie, this is Joe. Uh, Bernie, I, I want to let you know I'm going to drop out of the race if you, uh, uh, if you uh, will promote my agenda and I will give you all my supporters. This is why Bernie is out there uh, so often telling his people, hey, yeah, I'm not Joe Biden, but the progressive agenda lives on. And so USA Today, in this headline that M- that the MVP of night one, I guess, uh, maybe the whole thing, of the Democrat National Convention is, is not Michelle Obama, but Bernie Sanders. And the upshot of this piece is, quoting, That's why opposing Trump requires a relentless devotion to being a voter, creating as many voters as possible. Sound familiar? Mail-in ballot? And seeing Biden sworn in on January 20th, that's when we'll have to worry about the happy problem of making sure that Biden lives up to the most progressive platform in the party's history. See, every once in a while, the mainstream media and the Democrat Party cabal will show a little bit of ankle here. And so they're effectively saying in this piece that vote for Joe Biden, you will get the so-called progressive Bernie Sanders agenda. Of course, it's a Marxist socialist agenda. And just to reiterate for folks who don't remember what the Bernie Sanders agenda is, among other things, it's, quote, reversing climate changes. I speak Bernie Ease and I'll translate. What that means is they'll Sign up again with the Paris Climate Accord, which is a giant scheme to take our money in the United States and redistribute it on a, on a global scale. In other words, give it to third world countries, make the United States weaker and poorer, tax the American people and, and, and give it away. That's all climate change is. Climate change is nothing more than a global effort. To redistribute wealth, and that's exactly what Bernie Sanders wants to do. He wants to grow the union and trade movement in this country. Think about that. At a time when unions are effectively dying out and unions are being exposed for the problem children that they are, aka the United States Postal Service, great example, teachers' union, not going to work. They should be going to work. They're afraid. Well, obviously, they're not doing their homework. At a time when the union effort is dying, of course, Bernie Sanders wants to build it back up. And, uh, of course, you know, he wants to build the public sector unions. This is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to fire people who are members of the swamp in Washington, D.C., because of the unions. And so we have all of these laws on the books that didn't exist 100 years ago or so. Federal laws, state laws, local laws protecting workers, protecting children, protecting uh, people who are underserved, who are uh, working inside government and outside government, whether it's the private sector or the public sector. We have echelons of laws. You don't need unions now. Unions existed to protect people because the laws didn't exist. Now we have plenty of laws, union people. You don't have to be a, a member of your union. Get out of there, especially you teachers, When you have the ability to opt out, get the hell out if you can. Raising the minimum wage and equal pay for women workers. Remember, these are part of the foundation of the Bernie Sanders radical agenda. Raising the minimum wage, that is tied to the unions too. This is one of the dirty little secrets that most Americans don't know about that most of the union contracts have a clause in them that when the minimum wage goes up, guess what? The union wages go up as well. So the two are closely tied together. Never do you hear somebody like Bernie Sanders say, you know what, we don't need a minimum wage in this country. Why do we need a minimum wage in a free market system? The minimum wage is what the free market system will pay. And if somebody over here at McDonald's is paying $2 an hour, but somebody over here at Burger King is paying $4 an hour, guess what? All the people who want jobs flipping burgers are going to go to Burger King because they're going to get double the pay. What's going to happen at McDonald's in a free market system? McDonald's is going to look at Burger King and they're going to say, "Uh uh-oh, we better raise our wage. That is how a... Minimum wage works in a free market system. And as far as equal pay for women, we've been through this a million times. I'm not going to get into it again. But the bottom line is it's a lie. It's a fallacy. When you have an apples and apples comparison between men who have been in the workforce for X amount of time and women who have been in the workforce for that same X amount of time, there's no difference. And again, there really can't be a different because there are all kinds of layers of, of federal, state, and local laws that make sure that people are paid equally and of course making college affordable again and health care as a right for all making college affordable again well what does this mean again if you speak bernie ease it means eliminating all college debt which now is well over a trillion dollars and effectively the government owns that that we own that debt anyway so bernie sanders wants to wipe that out so that's another trillion dollars uh, climate change, by the way, is trillions and trillions of dollars. All of his plans added up, along with this crazy health as a human right. I don't see it anywhere in the Bible about healthcare care as a right. And I don't, certainly don't see it in the United States Constitution, the Magna Carta, any of these foundational documents for this country. There's nothing about healthcare care as a human right. But there is a lot of undertones about the free market. And if we went back to a truly free market system, we wouldn't have this problem with healthcare. And if we somehow connected doctors to patients again without this huge wall of red tape and insurance and all these mandates by government, if we could just reconnect doctors and patients, the entire pricing structure would go back to where it should be in a free market system, it wouldn't be out of control the way it is now when you have to go in the emergency room or have a overnight stay, one night stay in the hospital is completely out of control. But healthcare as a quote right for all, this means single payer, of course. This means Medicare for all. This means complete and total government takeover. You lose your doctor, you lose your choice. And by the way, if you're in the in the medical industry, you lose your freedom. Because it will be government dictating where and when you work. And if there are too many doctors, say, in Los Angeles, then the government would say, well, doctors, nurses, you're going to have to move to Phoenix, or you're going to have to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma, or you're going to have to move to New York, where we need doctors and nurses. That's the way this is going to work. You... Healthcare workers will lose your liberty. You will lose your freedom. You will become slaves to government. Because if healthcare is a right, who delivers the healthcare? I'm not talking about the government as the middleman, because that's all it is. If healthcare is a right, that would make doctors and nurses at my disposal, at your disposal. That would make them slaves to us. And this is one of the reasons why it's so fundamentally wrong to look at healthcare care um, this way. Now, I wanna, don't want to spend a lot of time on former Governor Kasich, John Kasich, and himself standing at the crossroads. This guy's a phony. He's always been a phony. He's, remember him in the campaign in, in 2016. It's all about him. He's never liked Donald Trump on a personal level, and he's a never-Trumper. He fits into that category perfectly. And so he thinks he can be this hero coming out in the National Convention for the Democrats in favor of Joe Biden. What kind um, of—he's certainly not a conservative, right? And he's never been a conservative. What kind of a Republican are you, a registered Republican, to say you will come out and vote for Joe Biden, who has spent decades on Capitol Hill, attacking the United States Constitution, attacking the freedoms and the liberties of the American people, attacking Clarence Thomas, attacking these judicial nominees? That's the legacy of Joe Biden, on Capitol Hill. It's not anything having to do with promoting the United States Constitution. Joe Biden has been nothing more than an attack dog on Capitol Hill, whether he was in the Senate or as vice president with Barack Obama. So Kasich is really a buffoon. Kasich is an embarrassment. And Kasich should pay the political price for what he has done. I, and I'm not surprised at all by this maneuver by Kasich. If you're a selfish politician and you hate Donald Trump, Carly Fiorina, same thing. What a big disappointment. You know, if you can't keep your big... What did your mom used to tell you? If you can't say anything nice, don't say it at all. So why don't you just shut up, John Kasich? Why don't you just shut up, Carly Fiorina? It's shameful. It's shameful. And, and these people will end up on the trash pile of American history. They'll be an afterthought. They'll be an asterisk. Oh, yeah, by the way, the, this guy ran, he used to be governor of Ohio. He ran against Donald Trump. But Donald Trump won and became the 45th president of the United States. That's about it. 20, 30 years from now, no one's going to care about him. Nobody's going to care about Carly Fiorina and whether she comes out and endorses or doesn't endorse the 45th president of the United States, Michelle Obama, and Kasich, and you expect this from Bernie Sanders. But more than anything, Michelle Obama, the sanctimonious jerk, racialist phony, likes to come out and say, well, when they go low, we go high. Well, clearly, her attacks, her plaintiff baseless, personal attacks on the 45th president of the United States, she went low. I don't know how anybody, any objective reporter, couldn't watch her speech and not say to themselves, wait a minute, this is a woman who always talks about when they go low, we go high. Well, this is about as low as you get, the personal attacks and trying to push Joe Biden Um, over the electoral finish line. Michelle Obama went low. If she could have one one-hundredth of the class of the current first lady, Melania Trump, she would be doing very, very well, but she doesn't. She doesn't have one one-hundredth of the class, of the poise, but also... A healthy but quiet respect for this country, as so many immigrants do, right? They respect their freedom and liberty more than people like Michelle Obama who were born on this soil. Melania Trump has more class in her little finger than Michelle Obama has in her entire body. And they all, all of these Democrats, have one goal. And that is to return the White House to corruption. Remember, the shoe's going to drop sometime between now and the election. The Durham report. We got a little tip of the iceberg on it. On this FBI lawyer who's been prosecuted for not telling the truth, among other things. We have more to hear from Mr. Durham about the corrupt Obama administration and how it led the greatest attack on liberty, the greatest political corruption scheme in this country's history, and that is trying to fix the outcome of the 2016 presidential election. They want to return to a corrupt White House because they know Joe Biden is silly putty, and they can stretch Joe Biden however and whenever they want. And if you want a preview of what it would be like with a Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders administration. Because that's what's going to be happening. Where would Bernie Sanders be in a Biden administration? Who knows? He, he may stay in the Senate. But make no mistake, Bernie Sanders is going to be driving the agenda. Because the Biden agenda is now the Bernie Sanders agenda and vice versa. If you want a little preview of what this wonderful utopia would be like if the Bernie Sanders agenda is ever implemented. And look no further than California. California, where businesses are being crushed, liberty and constitutional rights are being crushed. People are beginning to leave California now in droves. It was a trickle. Now San Francisco is registering hundreds of people. And San Francisco is not that big a city. Hundreds may not sound like much. But San Francisco only has about 700,000 residents in it. Hundreds of people are leaving all the time. Uh, San Francisco. These things are being crushed, and at nighttime, nobody can see it. Why? Because they're having rolling blackouts in California. So there is your dystopia. There's your Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden dystopia. Because of their radical, anti-constitutional policies. And I want to remind you, the ledger register question. And I, I'm, I don't know how to answer this one just yet. Will Joe Biden debate President Trump? I know we have three debates scheduled. But is Joe Biden and company, Mr. Silly Putty, going to figure out a reason, a way not to debate? You know Whether it's because Donald Trump hasn't released his tax returns, Or maybe not the right moderator, or not the right format, or not six feet away, or what have you. No mask, you know, this mask. Are they going to figure out a way? Will Joe Biden debate President Trump? You can go to GrahamLedger.com, answer the question. You can also go to the Zip app, enter Ledger in the quick code box, the Zip app. Just download it on your phone. You don't really want to use it on your desktop. You can, but it's a phone app thing. And you can uh, put Ledger in the quick code box, and then you can find the question um, right away. Will Joe Biden debate president? It's an interesting question, and it's getting some um, mixed response so far. I also want to remind you uh, that this program can be seen on MRC.com. That's the Media Research Center. I have some great friends there, Eric Shiner and Dan Gaynor, among others. They do some wonderful work Um and, you know, their goal is to hold the media accountable. We do a little bit of it here, but they make it a full time job and they do a, a wonderful job because we're looking at um, a very interesting situation with Joe Biden. This blank slate that's now being filled in by these folks participating in this Telethon online version of the Democrat National Convention. He is Joe Biden is this political silly putty that is now being stretched in all directions. Whatever direction Michelle Obama, Bernie Sanders, John Kasich and the rest of them, it'll be Bill Clinton and then Barack Obama himself. Whatever direction they want to pull Joe Joe Biden in that is who they say he is for the time being, as long as they can push him over the finish line on November 3rd. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.